This is Inside Purple and Gold. Welcome back to Inside Purple and Gold. I'm Dane Mizutani alongside Tom Schreier. We're recording Monday morning. There was no point in recording Sunday night. Um, Vikings 41-17 game. Another loss. Uh, like as Justin Jefferson said yesterday, when the Vikings lose, they lose by a lot. When they win, they win in dramatic fashion, miracle fashion. When they lose, they just get killed by 30. Um, yesterday, by and large, you know, a 38-point loss. Vikings tack on two touchdowns at the end. That doesn't really matter. Um, the final score ends up being 41-17. The Vikings drop from the two seed to the three seed. And by the way, the Packers control their own destiny now. If they win next week against Detroit, they're in the playoffs. Um, couldn't have gone much worse yesterday, Tom. Yeah, some fun with numbers here. Uh, first of all, the Vikings opened at three and a half point underdogs. The only time they've lost was when they were underdogs and they've been blown out, depending on how you want to see that Detroit game, right? Um, yeah. The only time they've won as an underdog is the miracle, miracle game in Buffalo. Um, and to pull off a win here, they would have had to essentially done the miracle in Buffalo and then kind of a combination of the Colts game, right? I mean, it was... It was pretty impractical uh, given where they were at halftime. Um, I think, and this is me doing math, I actually think I have it wrong with my story, but it was, uh, I think they have a 19, negative 19 point differential on the season. Um, mm-hmm. Not only are they behind the Packers who moved to positive, they're plus three at eight and eight, but the eight and eight Lions have a, uh, doing a little math here, 20 point or something differential. So maybe a little over that. So, you know, they have the third worst point differential in the NFC North. Um, they, to Justin Jefferson's point, it's like if they're close, they'll probably get you, right? You're looking at the 11 um, one-point wins. Having yep. said that, I guess I didn't expect a blowout in this fashion, but I think people can kind of tell when you block the punt and you're on the one-yard line and you have a weird pass, a run, and then a run for a loss. You're like, well, this one might not be in the books for the Vikings. So I don't know. It just it seems like as long as they can keep it close, they're fine. I think the issue is what happens when you play an opponent that's capable of beating you pretty soundly. For sure. And I want to get into kind of the implications of this loss, what it means. But before we kind of talk about what it means moving forward, let's just dissect the actual loss as is. You mentioned the block punt um, on like their I guess it would be their tech technically their second possession of the game. Mm-hmm. They get the ball at the one yard line. Can't score. Kick a field goal. Next play, Greg Joseph kicks it to Kishon Nixon. He runs through a gap wider than the Pacific Ocean. And Greg Joseph tried to tackle him, kind of didn't. Um, yeah. Kishon Nixon goes 105 yards to the house. And that was pretty much the game. Like from that point forward, like the Vikings were chasing. Kirk throws a pick six, you know, two possessions later, and, and they're down 14 3. And then you know, but where did this game turn for you? Was it simply the if the Vikings score from the one yard line there, this game looks different, or do you think this game was from the jump um, one the Vikings were probably going to look pretty overmatched in? Yeah, I mean, maybe I think the tell for me was the uh, the block punt and the the sequence after that could have started with a three and um or three and out. I mean, uh, you know, I think the uh, Keyshawn Nixon the fight. Funny thing is, first of all, after the game, obviously we asked O'Connell about it. And he's like, "Yeah, someone in the middle didn't fulfill their assignment." You're like, "You think?" <laughs> like, really? But, 
<laughs> but um, but yeah, for a special teams unit that's been good all year, you saw like the good and bad immediately, which was really weird. I mean, I still believe in Matt Daniels and, and a lot of the, you know, kind of core special teams guys he has there. Um, certainly Greg Joseph didn't. It's so it's so weird that right this guy sets a record and then does what he does in Lambo. But um, but you know I mean I think I think Matt Daniels in general has done done a good job. Nixon Nixon's more like a weird case where the Packers stuck with Amari Rogers because they drafted him forever and then they had had this guy who's way better and like he should have been an impact player from the beginning. He's also Snoop Dogg's nephew. I know that shouldn't matter, but I think that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I think, you know, that's a game changing play. And I think it's just, it's easy enough to say they didn't gain traction because there's obviously the analogy to the, to the field and whatnot, but it just, it felt like they never kind of got a grip on the game and that just shouldn't happen. Right. I mean, Justin Jefferson, I know Jaira Alexander is good. Jefferson shouldn't go from 184 yards to 15, five targets and one reception. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they like, Cousins looked off again. You know, there were t- I think he was really leaning on Hawkinson, who I think Hawkinson's been really good this year, and that's obviously how you treat a tight end. But like at times, he just zeroed in on him. He looked kind of like the old cousin, who right, like kind of yeah. operated opposite uh, or without context. Um, there's even some weird stuff. I mean, I, this is getting way late in the game, but like you could argue Cousins shouldn't have been out there in the fourth quarter, right? You need him. This I have to figure out if the Chicago game actually matters, but regardless, like you're probably going to use them in Chicago and then you need them in the playoffs. Um, and it was weird that the sequence after that, they ran out the starters. It just, it's weird that like when this team falls, it really like hits itself hard as, as uh, Jefferson said, and there's not really a clear explanation other than they're playing a fourth place, you know, schedule and their records inflated as a result of it. For sure. Yeah. When, when things go bad, they go bad for pretty much everyone and Kevin O'Connell included because to your point about Justin Jefferson, the one reception, like that's unacceptable. So are the five targets. Like I I get just force feed the guy. And some of that's on Kirk cousins. I understand that. Like some of that's on the quarterback and the signal caller that that's making those throws, not honing in on, on a guy like TJ Hawkinson or not honing in on the middle of the field, giving, Justin Jefferson chance in those situations, but you can also scheme him open. And then I get it. I, I know what they were doing. They were jamming at the line with Jair Alexander and, and helping over the top. Um, it was a recipe that worked yeah. for Jeffrey Okuda and the lions earlier this year, but imagine yeah. LaFleur and, and Joe Barry and, and, and people within the Packers organization saw that game said, we have a corner better than Jeffrey Okuda and Jair Alexander, and we can help over the top pretty easily. So Justin Jefferson was getting jammed at the line, but I, th- I think there's ways to still get on the ball quicker in space. Um, you know, I, I get that the jam is obviously meant to take away, you know, those quick passes at the line, the slants, the timing mm-hmm. of all of that. Um, but it, it seems, and, and we've seen it now in a couple of these losses, when, when the Vikings start to kind of go south, you see O'Connell, I don't know if panic's the right word, but he kind of loses himself in his play sheet. And we saw that at times yesterday. Yeah. The offense looked really, really ineffective, compounded with the fact that that Cousins had four turnovers. So you mentioned yeah. kind of a Kirk of old game. Um, I, I, I try not to do this because I, I've been a Kirk critic for so long that my yeah. natural reaction is just to be like, See, this is who he is, but 
Yeah. It's like yesterday that you start to, you know, they they give you some pause heading into the playoffs when you're going to see guys, you know, dominant defensive fronts, better teams on on a weekly basis. And if you really want to be a respected contender in the league, you're going to need better play out of your quarterback in, in these big, big games. Yeah, 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 yeah. The primetime Kirk effect, right? Um, I think I think part of this, going back to Connell, he talked about getting lost in the play sheet. He's been fine as a play caller in general. This is where you can tell. Like, he wasn't calling plays, obviously, with McVay. Um, I think he's gone to screen passes, to sweeps, you know, like talking about scheming Jefferson open, right? And I think that just wasn't going to work in this game. There was enough interior pressure. You can't have sweeps. If Jared Alexander is on him right away, you can't really throw a screen pass or do something short. So um, the other thing is if O'Connell is kind of lost, he can't quiet Cousins' mind. And I do think there is something to this. Like it sounds like he's literally talking to him up until 15 seconds on the um, before the snap because that's that's what what's allowed. Um, yep. And the comm shut off. Yep. And it seems like there's this – virtuous cycle when that happens where cousins kind of knows what he's going to see at the line he diagnoses from there and then i think he's making i mean you think about the pass down the sideline so the one that jefferson wanted the holding call and Jair alexander did the gritty on um that's all timing like cousins threw that behind him before justin jefferson turned around right and i just think the packers did a great job of disallowing even that right that's kind of the the code i guess to break right is that can you can you diagnose at the line and literally kind of do a read just straight up off of what you see and the packers didn't give him much to see so it's very funny that in a game where o'connell's acclaimed rightfully so as a good you know new young head coach and joe barry is being run out of town here in green bay joe barry kind of got the best of him here you know what i mean and like Mm -hmm. um uh, you know, again, the, the problem is we're just not going to learn. This is going to be kind of the final taste we get of the regular season, right? We should not. If we learn anything in the Chicago game, it's going to be outright negative. You know what I mean? Like, like if they do positive things in the Chicago game, no one's going to uh, think twice about it. This is unfortunately the last kind of look we get and diagnosis of the Vikings. That doesn't mean it should be the only one we think of, but given how you know, it looks like you're probably getting the Giants here. Like, a ball's coached really well, given that the Vikings knew going into the game that Philadelphia had lost, and there's this opportunity to, you know, move up in the city. And given kind of all the context of this, they made a tough final impression, and it's compounded by the fact that this game somehow looked exactly like the one last year, or very similar. Obviously, Mannion started in the one last year, which makes this one worse. But, um, but the roles were reversed, right? The the Vikings were the 500 team last year, the Packers with Super Bowl aspirations. Now the Vikings are the team that, you know, should get to that 13 number. And the Packers are fighting for their lives as a 500 team. And yet still the Packers look like the dominant team, um, almost kind of telling the Vikings, hey, you're renting in the NFL North. We own it, right? But we'll let you rent for a year here. And, and that's not a great sign. <laughs> not only for the playoffs, but, but going into next season. I, I want to give Tom some credit because that metaphor was a hell of a lot better than the plane metaphor. The, the be Packers fair. on the North, the Vikings are renting, is a hell of a lot better than the Vikings are flying too close to buildings in downtown Minneapolis. To be fair, if, if we want to go back to that, King Kong did kind of take out the airplane here. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I will avoid the absurd uh, 
this is what happens when I get a full night's sleep and a little time to think about you're it. I'm sharp, gonna... yeah. You're yeah, on your yeah. game. Yeah, yeah. Let's cut there, and and when we come back in segment two, uh, you mentioned playoff implications. Um, the Vikings had a chance to end the playoffs hopes of the Packers. Now the Packers control their own destiny heading into Week 18. More on what this game means for both the Packers and, more importantly, the Vikings when we come back. Welcome back to Inside Purple and Gold. I'm Dane Mizutani alongside Tom Schreier. He was at the Green Bay game yesterday in Lambeau, the massacre, 41-17. He will be driving back this afternoon, and Tom Schreier will be in the Target Center to watch probably another massacre tonight when the Timberwolves host the Denver Nuggets. So... If we're trying to figure out a common thread in in Vikings or Minnesota sports, it, it's probably Tom. So, yeah. But Tom was there cool. yesterday. Forty-one seventeen loss for the Vikings. Um, the Vikings dropped from the two seed to the three seed in the process because the San Francisco 49ers continue to win under Brock Purdy under Big yeah. Cock Brock. They yeah. can't lose, and now they are the two seed. The Vikings are the three seed. Tom hinted at it in segment one, like the Vikings might not have a lot to play for next week, but also they probably have to try and win because if they win and the Niners lose, if, if Brock Purdy's horseshoe or lock runs out and they lose to the Cardinals, who by the way, will be quarterbacked by David Blau, former practice squad player on the Vikings. The threads are there. A Vikings yeah. practice squad player knocks off the Niners. The Vikings lock up the two seed next week with the win over the bears unlikely i think even if the vikings win and beat the bears the niners are rolling they're running hot right now they're a super talented team and as much as i joke about brock purdy being lucky right now and 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 in Mm -hmm. a fortunate situation he's been really really good so i think the loss to the packers yesterday essentially locks the vikings into the number three seed which isn't the worst thing in the world because Tom, who would you rather play? The Packers or the Lions or maybe even the Seahawks? I, I need to work on the what number seven seed. Yeah, because it's Seahawks, Lions, or Packers. Yeah, right? Seahawks, Lions, or Packers can be the seven seed right now. But essentially, yeah. the Packers win, they're in. So the Packers are the only team that control their own destiny. The Packers yeah. will play the Lions next week. It's hard for me to bet against Aaron Rodgers at this point with the way they're rolling. Would you rather play the Packers as a two seed hosting the seven seed? Would you rather play the Giants as the three seed hosting the six seed? Giants. I mean, I think what you got to worry about with the Giants is I think people don't understand what regression is. We have something on zone coverage explaining it, but like, it's not that like the Vikings got lucky. You know, I think when they were losing to the Colts, people were like, oh, all the re- regressions happening at once. It's like, well, no, they just, the Vikings have just been playing really poorly. But uh, right. <laughs> that's why they got down at half uh, to this really bad Colts team. But um, regression is more just because the Vikings have won 11 games by one score doesn't mean they'll win at 12, right? You can look at it anecdotally and go, well, they, they're building taluses. They've been in the situation before. They have veteran leaders. Uh, O'Connell's calm, and, and, and you, know, you don't have the Zimmer effect where guys get tight or whatever. But um, that's all fair and good from a mathematical perspective. It's just, just because you beat the Giants by one score, just because you beat these other teams by one score, does not mean that you'll do it again, right? And so that matters if we're talking about a playoff game, and that's, that matchup is still scary because Dave coaching them well. He's gotten whatever he can out of Daniel Jones. 
and because regression might bite them in a situation where the Vikings don't have a chance to redeem themselves, right? Regression bites you in the first round. You don't get to go to the second round. Um, however, that's not as scary as a Packers team that just pummeled you, right? Pummeled you in uh, Lambeau. And I understand that game would be in Minnesota, but I think we have to look at that Packers game correctly. I don't understand why LaFleur took the ball out of Rodgers' hands in the fourth and one sequence there. I'm not saying for sure they would score, but I think they get, have a better chance. Watson catches that touchdown early, right? That's seven. I mean, that game wasn't as lopsided. We look at that as lopsided because that's the only game that the Vikings have won by more than one score. But it really wasn't as lopsided as you think. I think the Packers would have a chance to come in and upset, and that's the worst way for this season to end. It's not much better if Dayball coaches O'Connell and that and they kind of enact revenge. But at, at the very least, the Vikings have a blueprint on how to beat the Giants. They are an inferior team. I mean, to be honest, if you really want to project forward here, right, everyone's worried about going to San Francisco as they should be. There's still memories of the last time they played a playoff game there. But um, honestly, if I'm San Francisco, I'm worried about the Packers. Like, I think the Packers are a scary, scary 500 team. I know that's really, really funny to say, but I don't know who wants to play them right now. They look in form, right? And so um, this is such a better situation for the Vikings, and they should take care of the Giants, assuming, again, this is where everyone kind of slots in. Yeah, you read my mind, Tom, because that's where I was kind of getting at. Like, uh, hands down, 100 times out of 100, I'd rather play the Giants than the Packers right now, given the past couple of weeks and also just looking at roster construction. Um, I think the Giants are a well-coached team with a roster that still needs some help. I think the Packers, on the other hand, are a team that is seasoned, went through a rough stretch, leaves a lot to be desired on the defensive side of the ball. But mm -hmm. as far as playoff proven, you know, grit, like they have it. So I, I would much rather play the Giants than the Packers. But you read my mind in the sense of the Vikings dropping from two to three is concerning because it means if the Vikings win and the Niners win, instead of hosting the 49ers, you are now traveling to go play the 49ers. Mm -hmm. But if the Vikings win and the Packers win, which is not out of the realm of possibility, like you said, like if yeah. I was the 49ers and I was playing again, Brock Purdy, he's been great. But if I was playing my third string quarterback, a guy who was the last pick in the NFL draft, a guy who started this season on the practice squad, and I was going to have to play Aaron Rodgers in a playoff game. I wouldn't feel great about that. The, the Niners roster much better than the Packers, but the yeah. quarterback thing matters. And I think in a playoff game, we've seen and, and, and Vikings fans know what Kenny Clark can do up front. Like if you can get some interior pressure, if you can kind of panic the quarterback early, and then we see Jair Alexander and the way he's playing, the secondary looks much yeah. improved guys in the you know linebacking court quay walker's been good devondre campbell's been good like me and tom did the whole list everyone on the on the yeah, let's just talk about guys. Yeah. <laughs> they have a lot of good players so like the packers are not a talentless team that led by just some quarterback they're a very good team that hit a really really rough patch in the middle of the year so i would not want to play the packers i said that in segment you know at the beginning of this segment there's a world in which the Vikings dropping from two to three doesn't really matter because if they drop from two to three and if the Niners lose, they will host a divisional playoff game against yes, the green Bay Packers. And I think that would be objectively the funniest timeline win or lose. Like either you beat the Packers to go to the NFC championship game or this season that's been predicated on, you know, 
playing close and winning close games and certain miracle finishes. If all of that ends with a loss to your biggest rivals at home, like that's objectively the funniest timeline. And that's what I'm hoping to see. Yeah. You'll probably always see the funniest thing possible within the Vikings. But uh, I think there's so many funny implications here. Like the, there's some sort, I don't know if you call it a rivalry because the Niners have had the better of the Packers, but there is some sort of revenge factor even in that Packers-Niners game, if that's how it plays out, given the right. playoff history between them. Um, if anyone holds a grudge and maybe is kind of a jerk, it'd be Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> you know I mean? So for right. him, there's maybe something personal there. Um, I mean, maybe the defense is getting right at the right time. I think from there's some kind of interesting things from the Vikings' perspective if they get into the second round. Like, you would have – there should be some pressure off you actually if you go to San Francisco. Obviously, there's pressure on a playoff game. It's going to matter no matter what. But there is something about someone coming into your stadium and and blowing you out, right? Or like or beating you, however you want to see it. Yep. It's yep. also funny to think back. There was so much attention on the Niners because they're they're one of the they're probably the only good NFC team the Vikings haven't played. But they did do those joint practices. And again, this was a long time ago. Trey Lance was the big story, right? People bust in from Marshall to go see him. But there's so much attention because it was Kyle Shanahan, because it was how does O'Connell's offense, this McVay scheme, go against this really good Niners defense, Smash Mouth football, all this. Like a lot of people came out and saw that team live. And that's probably the preseason game if you're going to pay attention to any of them that you did. Uh, because of the hype around the season, right? And people love going out to camp or whatever. So it's a weird full circle there if you play the Niners. It's also – and then obviously it goes back to the playoff game they played a few years ago. But then there's also kind of the full circle against the Packers. It's one-to-one who wins the rubber match. So either way, like, I think if – the, I mean, the worst thing possible is that the Vikings just get beat in the first round soundly. But it would be unsatisfying if you left the Vikings season going, we never knew what this team really was. Were they fraudulent? Were they – how much was this luck? How much was the schedule they played? Um, how much were they just carried by Justin Jefferson alone, right? And I think you're just going to get answers. And even going back to O'Connell, we're talking about him as a play caller, first-year coach. You're going to get answers on everything because of how this will play out, right? Like, Dayball's going to push him as a coach. Um, if they get to the second round, you'll kind of see how they go against the Shanahan defense and the Shanahan scheme. Or conversely, you'd see which team is actually better between the Vikings and Packers because you'll get a third sample, right? And so... Um, assuming that the playoffs kind of stay where they are and this, there's no guarantees given we were talking about there's still an outside chance the Vikings move to the second seed. There's a chance the Packers aren't involved in the playoffs. But if they play out as we kind of project here, um, the most positive thing you'll get out of it is you'll get an answer about the Vikings, and that does matter in the first year of the regime. For sure. And I think we joked about it like <clears throat> it was either – a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago, like the funniest thing also would be that the Vikings just win the Super Bowl and we look back on them and being like, were they even good? Like, yeah, are they even yeah. a good team? Because like we are now in, in, in week 18 and it's become kind of a joke, kind of a bit like, is this team very good? Yeah. I I, I don't know. Like, I, I, I think they've proven in these one score games and if the game's close, they're going to pull it out so many times that I don't think we can just consider it all luck anymore. Um, but there, there are obvious, you know, red flags with this team and they continue to show themselves here in, in the penultimate week of the season. Mm-hmm. And, and to your point, we're not going to learn anything in the last week of the season. Like if we, if the Vikings go beat the bears soundly, it's like, okay, good job. You did your, you did what you're supposed mm-hmm. to 
or there's a world in which Kevin O'Connell says, I just watched my starting right tackle suffer a big calf injury. I don't know his availability. Yeah. I'm shutting the guys down. Like we'll, we'll take the three seed and we want to get healthy for, for the first week of the playoffs. Like that's a possibility too. remember uh, you go, you, you, you referenced the joint, the joint practices. Vikings did not play anyone in the preseason, like the yeah. healthiness of the team. Like if we want to talk about proving yourself in the preseason or ones against ones, like we saw that most in the joint practices. We did not see that in preseason games. We've seen with this group, um, albeit one year of a sample size, like they will err on the side of caution with injury. Um, it would not surprise me if the Vikings rusted a lot of starters in, in Chicago next week on that playing surface in a game that yes, it, it matters to a degree because there is the possibility that San Francisco loses to the Cardinals. But I think if you're being realistic, if you're a head coach and then you're looking at what just happened, you just lost Austin Slotman. I know he's the backup center, but it, it's the principle of that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like the, pr- the principle of like that can happen to anyone. Um, you lost Austin Schlotman for the year, and Brian O'Neill is going to be out for an unknown amount of time with that calf injury. I I, I might be inclined to shut it down, um, which, you know, to kind of close the loop on this, you, you didn't really learn a lot about this team, you know, heading into the playoffs. Um, the last thing we're going to remember is the 41 points allowed to the Packers at Lambeau Field when you had a chance to end their season. Yeah, I the Chicago game's interesting because I think like the hardcore football person would go if you have a chance at some seed you take it because because you do have a better odds of beating the Niners in Minnesota than than Santa Clara out you know out there and so uh, you know I think having said that the injury thing is real and I, part of me was almost hoping just for like Justin Jefferson's sake I know he wants to break records but. You're still so you had 15 yards. You're what 193 from Calvin Johnson, and, and 2,000 seems pretty out of reach. Um, part of it is like just let him be. Like don't have a shoulder injury here. Don't have him take a weird hit. You're not really sure what he's going to give you in the playoffs. Um, I think they need to make a hard decision, as in like roll out Mullins in the first sequence, right? Or it's Cousins is out there and you're trying to win. Um, I think I'm with you. I think it's the health matters so much. And you just see, I mean, I think it's very weird that, that there are playing surfaces like this in the NFL, right? Given it's professional sports, we talked about this, going all the way, way back to Washington. But we know what Chicago is going to be. It's going to be worse than Green Bay's. That Monday night game, I've never seen a field that's green on either side and was like brown up the middle. It looked like lawn. Yeah, it looked like lawn that you didn't like. Like, like your sprinklers out or something, you know, you know, like it's soldier field and the Chicago bears in the NFL. Um, I think, I think that's an important consideration. The problem is they didn't really tip their hand in this game. If anything, they kind of suggested that they would go for it because cousins was out there for that second sequence, right? If, if cousins disappears in the fourth quarter, you go, I think we know what they're doing, but given how much emphasis they've had on health, it's not just, um, what they did in the preseason, which looks really smart. Now there's probably some advanced medical stuff. There's rest days. We know, for example, they go through walkthroughs sometimes because it affects when the media is allowed in the locker room and stuff. Right. So like there's times that they're not in pads. Um, I don't even think they used all their padded practices going back to the preseason. I think they would use like 11 to 16. So my inclination is to think 
maybe you see this game. Um, having said that, it's just like part of me is like the hardwired football person goes, we could get a home playoff game. Um, I think it's actually a more interesting storyline than I thought before we kind of discussed this. But they have to make a hard decision. I don't think you split the baby, right? You have to either roll out Mullins initially, or if Cousins is out there, you're going to go try to win the game. For sure. So, certainly something to follow this week, and I'm sure, like, obviously this is going to be addressed. But I agree with you. You can't do both. Like, do one or the other. Bench everyone. Play the backups. <clears throat> Jalen Naylor had his first touchdown of, the, of, the, I of love his it. career. He's it so awesome. fast. So fast, everyone's celebrating. Like, give that guy a chance to kind of shine at Soldier Field or play everyone. Um, but you have to make a decision, I think, right now, um, as we kind of talk through this and, and, and think out loud, I would rest everyone. Um, mm-hmm. I would say the chances of San Francisco losing to the Cardinals are low. Um, the chances are higher that someone important suffers an injury. Um, we saw it. We saw it on the field this week. We saw, you know, Brian O'Neill. We're, we're going to have to yeah. now monitor his availability moving forward because, you know, and, and obviously, like, the Vikings had something to play for in that game. No one is going to criticize the Vikings for, no. for rolling out the important players at Lambeau Field, but I think that should give you some pause to, okay, is this worth it? We have one home playoff game. Um, we kind of squandered our chances at that with our performance in Green Bay. Is it worth the health of others? Uh, other important players on the team to kind of move forward and operate. Like we still can get the two seed when we kind of just pissed it away. So. Yeah. 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 I'm with you. I think you have to look at it as this is a, I call it a dose of reality when I wrote about it. Um, they have to accept this. They have to treat it like it's that Dallas game. Remember at the Dallas game and you had the Patriots coming in like four, four days later, they accepted those results. And I think that was so important for them that they can move on from it, prepare for new England they need to do the same thing and it's that much harder at this point in the season and being in green bay against the packers they have to accept they got walloped just walloped it wasn't the field they got outplayed and i think part of accepting that is we seeded the two seed and i think i'm with you i think it's just the chicago game is what it is it's their fault they have a stadium that doesn't have real grass in it or, or it has real grass i guess but it doesn't have like a playable surface so yeah, I don't know. I mean, part of me goes, you got to think big picture here. Yeah, for sure. When we come back, I want to kind of break down, you know, what what concerns us moving forward about this team. Obviously, the loss to Green Bay yesterday, not good. Um, I also think there are plays in that game that obviously, if, if that happens to any team in the playoffs, they're going to lose. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's not as bad as the Dallas game in the sense, I don't feel like the Vikings got thoroughly dominated at yeah. every facet. Um, it was a lot of weird plays here and there. Um, so we'll kind of end this podcast with more of a, you know, a silver lining look at the future um, when we come back. We're talking Monday morning about the Vikings 41 to 17 loss to the Green Bay Packers. If you like what you're hearing, you probably don't like the content today of, of this episode. But if you like, you know, what we talk about on a weekly basis, give us a follow Inside Purple and Gold. We're anywhere you get your podcasts. So that's Spotify, Apple. Google Podcasts. We're on the Odyssey app too. Um, this is an Odyssey podcast, so we should probably plug the Odyssey app. Um, and if, if you like what you're hearing, give us a rating and a review. That helps too. So, Tom, before the break, I kind of talked about this. Look, if if you don't like objectively, you you would like to have won this game. It would have ended the Packers season. It would have given you some confidence moving forward. 
now you're kind of left to pick up the pieces heading into a final week of the regular season, which like we said, might not matter, probably should not matter. Um, if, if you're the Vikings, because health matters more than I think winning one more and, and hoping the Niners lose. But all of that being said, like, I don't know how you feel about the Vikings walking away from this game, but I'm not necessarily like as discouraged as I think like the diehards are that call into the radio shows and <laughs> think the sky is falling. Like, yeah, I get it. Like that's the nature of the beast in the NFL. We only get 17 of these games. So like, obviously mm-hmm. every loss is going to be magnified. I'm not sure this was like, and I'm, I'm going to sound like a Vikings apologist here, but like, I'm not sure this is a full example of like, the Packers are so much better than the Vikings. I think this is yeah. a weird game that just happened. And if this happens to anyone, if, if the Eagles host the, well, the Eagles are going to have the buy, but say the Eagles hosted the, the Packers in, in a similar situation, if they gave up a kick return touchdown and a pick six in the first quarter, they'd lose too. So I, I that's kind of where I leave this game is. Yeah. The result horrible getting blown out. Embarrassing not a necessarily a sign of like the season is over. The Vikings have no chance in the playoffs. I think hosting a playoff game and and having kind of that behind you coupled with the fact of like understanding, like this was a weird game. um, You can still bounce back from this. I agree. Um, I know I just said they got walled. I think you have to accept what this actually is. I think that's probably a better way to say you're down 27 to three. Um, in the first half and you're down right. 41 to three until you got two garbage time touchdowns. So um, they would have been, so if they had lost by 30 plus, which they almost did, um, they would have been only the second time team in the Super Bowl era to win 12 games and lose by 30 plus twice. This is from Kevin Seifert of ESPN. Like I think the 91 lions of all teams was the other team that had this. So, Weird team, we can quantify it. Um, I, I'm with you. I think O'Connell was correct in saying because um, you know he was asked after the game what what happens when you like fall. They they beat themselves. I mean, I, Dallas came out and crunched them, but they didn't they didn't help their cause against Dallas. They essentially beat themselves against the Colts in the first half. Came back and kind of salvaged the game, right? Um, this is you're right there's some self-sabotage there right not capitalizing on the punt uh the pick six um you know there, there's multiple sequences even missing field goals like again like you should finish drives but those points count too you know so mm-hmm. I, there is a level of self-sabotage here um and actually that's why um to kind of clean up my previous statement um and building off what you're saying this is why they have to accept this result because it's on them as much as it was the Packers. I don't, I think the point is the Packers aren't the team they were in the middle of the season. I think at one point they were four and eight. Um, Mm -hmm. They're looking more and more like a team. Like I think the North is going to get interesting. The Vikings won't have a fourth place schedule. Um, The Packers probably will not be, even if Rodgers and he is declining, but like, even if he shows signs of decline, assuming he comes back, um, he's still a really good NFL quarterback. Right. And I think the Lions are ascending. I think you're going to get this weird mix of three very weird teams. Um, and I think the North is going to get really exciting. And I think in the short term, the Packers or the Vikings just have to think, what do we do against Chicago and how do we fix everything before we jump into this playoff game, right? Um, going forward, they have to you know, think about year one of the regime. 
they're not going to dominate the North again. You know what I mean? It's it's going to be a dogfight between three teams, I think, in some capacity. Um, and so and so, yeah, they you know part of what they have to get out of their DNA is like when things are going bad, they can't spiral like this because not every team is as hapless as the the Colts are. This is what happens when you when you spiral out of control against a pretty good team. They just pummel you, right? So, um, but I think that's a good point that it's not like the pack. It didn't feel honestly. Buffalo played them better, right? Dallas obviously played them better. Philadelphia played them better. It just, this was, this did not feel like a 500 team that beat them. It felt like a pretty good Packers team that struggled in the middle of the season. Right, right. And it was shades of the Lions game too. Like that loss, self-inflicted wounds, not punching it in. Dalvin Cook fumbling at the goal line in Detroit. This loss, you know, obviously it's what it could have showed him, but you punch that touchdown in with Dalvin at the one yard line and you get two field goals from Greg Joseph and you have 13 points right there. Mm-hmm. Um, Greg jo- Joseph missed two field goals in the first half, yanked them both. And, and then obviously adding insult to injury, Mason Crosby nailed his at the end at before halftime. But you know, there were parts of the game where it's like, if this goes a little different or if that goes a little different. And, and I understand like that, that's every NFL game. And the people who are listening to this, podcast thinking like well yeah if the vikings if this went a little different or that went a little different the the vikings very well could be on the outside looking in because a lot of things have gone right for them this year <laughs> i understand that I'm, I'm just saying like through like the tunnel vision of this game alone i don't necessarily that's like a, a reason to write the vikings off completely moving forward into the playoffs <laughs> they're still a good team they still have a lot of talent on board um, but yeah, they have obvious flaws that, that we've recognized all year. Um, and it's just a matter of, can they kind of hide those flaws for however long this playoff run is going to be? Yeah. We should point out that's a 46 yard field goal and a 50 yard field goal. Joseph missed. Um, it's just also unfortunate coming off. Yeah. Where he was high, going. Such a high last week. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> also kickers a concern in the playoffs. So, yeah, I mean, I think, I think, the truth is, I think if you've looked at the Vikings pretty objectively all year, you know that like they're just vulnerable in every spot because of how they're winning games and because they've been blown out a couple times here. Um, I, I'd argue it's more it's a rivalry game late in the season. That's why it stings differently. It feels different. It's actually in tune with other things that have happened this season. And if the Vikings act as though they have – most of the season they have flushed bad results and responded right so that's the most important thing whether they flush the result and respond against chicago which we're advocating against meaning we, we just want to see them stay healthy right or they flush it and and respond you know in the round one however however you want to see that that's the only thing that kind of matters now because like here we are at the end of the season <laughs> the vikings are what they are yeah absolutely all right in closing i just want everyone to know um, I texted Tom yesterday this a month ago, we recorded a podcast and we said, which yes. games worry you more than any game left on the schedule. This was ahead of the, I believe the Detroit game. And Tom said the Detroit game worries me more than any game on the schedule. Well, the Vikings yeah. lost that game. I said, the Packers game worries me more than any game left on the schedule. The Vikings lost this game. So you should maybe be following inside purple and gold. We know what we're, we're talking about. We're clairvoyant. I, here's the thing. We also were joking about how funny it would be if this team was a 13-win team. 
it would be very funny if the bears screw you know what i mean like this all gets screwed yeah. up with the bears where like we just couldn't see that one coming but if they beat chicago by the way i think you could start mullins and beat chicago i like I i'm not doing a better joking um i uh um if they beat chicago the only game we messed up was that we thought they would beat or lose in Buffalo, sorry, and beat the Lions. And I think, I think listeners can forgive us for that. I think, yeah. I think, I think we're good on that one. I but yeah, it's, it's funny when we were going through this and I was like, well, they're not going to win like 11 straight one score games. And what do I know? Here, here <laughs> like, we are. Yes, they could. Yeah. yeah. Here we are. Yeah. Weird season all around, weird season all around, but it's been fun breaking it down. We'll be back Tuesday to kind of talk more about this. Um, you know, there's obviously that me and Tom kind of dug into the wrinkle of like, do you play your starters? Do you not play your starters? Um, that'll be something that comes into focus here um, coming up down the shoot here this week. Um, so we'll be back more this week to talk more about that. In the meantime, let's let Tom get on the road. He's got a Timberwolves game to cover. So for Tom Schreier, I am Dane Mizutani. Thanks for stopping by. We'll talk to you later this week. Twenty Four Hundred Sports is an Odyssey company.